Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Yeah, I'm going to come down here. Is that all right? Can I, can I talk to somebody today? Is that all right? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Pastor Olga was ministering from this back in April. I want to kind of touch on the issue that she didn't get to so much, if I can, for a little bit. Mark chapter 5. Uh, continue to pray for me today. I've been fighting off something for 10 days. And so I might get to, to hollering and then hacking at the same time, okay? Uh, so I'm going to forewarn the first three rows, okay? You might see some projectiles today, all right? Pray for me. Well, help me, Jesus. That's not going to stop me, okay? I'm still going to do what I'm called to do. Come on, somebody. I know some of you would have woke up with a little head coat and been like, yeah, I'll get to church next Sunday. But you got to know your passion. I've been fighting this off for 10 days, and I'm, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting. It's time for me to press, not quit. Time to press, not quit. Mark chapter 5, verse 24 just says this. So the story that Pastor Olga preached back in April with uh, Jarius and his daughter, Jesus is traveling with him. So can we, uh, can we go ahead and turn this up just so I don't have to hoop too much? Thank you. It says, a large crowd followed after Jesus, and they pressed around him. Literally, everyone was on top of Jesus, pressing up against him. Okay. And it says this in verse 25, <clears throat> that a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. I love verse 27. Check it out, though. When she heard, someone say heard. When she heard, someone say heard. When she heard about Jesus, mind you, the crowd is all around him, pressing up against him. Here's what she does. She comes up, somehow finds her way to get up behind him in the crowd and touches the hem of his garment. Because here's what she thought within herself. If I just touch his hem of his clothes, just touch, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? Of course, the disciples answered, Jesus, the people are crowding against you, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Verse 27, one more time. When she heard. I'm just going to give you my subject today. The title of my sermon is called The Word on the Street. Okay. The, when she heard that Jesus was coming. The Word on the Street. Now, can I, can I get somebody to help me out here today? Usually when you hear someone use the idiom, the word on the street is, what's coming next? Usually gossip. You, you, usually some kind of, of rumor. The word on the street. The, the, the rumor is, I, I heard a crazy rumor that at 56 years of age, Michael Jordan's going to come back out of retirement. 
why not? The NBA has been so crazy this offseason anyway. Who cares who shows up next? It's just, guess what? It's just a rumor. Ain't no way he's going to do that. He better not. He's already tarnished his legacy once when he went to the Washington Wizards. Come on, somebody. You stay away from that stuff, Mike. Don't do that. And back in 2008, probably the most expensive rumor of all time was when an 18-year-old actually pranked CNN by saying that Steve Jobs had a heart attack. Guess what happened? In 10 minutes, their stock dropped $9 billion over a rumor. The word on the street was that Steve Jobs had a heart attack. As soon as they found out, though, obviously, everything kind of evened out, and we were good to go. I heard this rumor that's coming up later on in September. More than 400,000 people have joined a Facebook event planning to storm the UFO hotspot Area 51 in Nevada. Check it out. Here's what they're calling themselves. They can't stop all of us. Literally on September 20th, 2019, a group of over 400,000 people are planning on Naruto running. <laughs> this is their plan. Naruto running. All the way towards the government's facility at Area 51. Now, from what I gather, it's just a rumor, but the word on the street is some idiot's going to get shot at. <laughs> just a rumor. See, when I grew up, I always heard that my father's church, Faith Tabernacle, was a cult. And you know who I heard that from? People who had never even been there. What is it about those, those, those loudest voices always come from the most ignorant people? I don't know what they're talking about. The word on the street about this woman. What was the word on the street about her? I checked all three gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospel that speak of this story. Guess what I found in all three accounts? They all identify her issue, but not her name. She's only known by her issue. How many people have let your issue become your identity? We no longer know you by name. We know you by your issue. And see, here's what the word on the street is. The word on the street wants to keep us known by what's wrong with us. The word on the street wants to keep us known by what we've done. The one on the street wants to keep us wrapped up and bound up by the mistakes of our past, but not by our true identity. Who are we really? What really is my name? Can I show you one of my favorite pictures of all time? This is my seventh grade picture. I just love using this pic. What do you think the word on the street was about this guy at Waldo Middle School in the mid-90s? Come on, somebody. Okay. Aurora was just coming out of some of the most violent times, okay, with, with gangs and, and drugs and drive-bys. And here's this little seventh grader. What do you think the word on the street was about him? He's a, ooh, he's a handsome man. So strong and firm. And... What are you talking about? My first experiences with racism and, and bullying were at Waldo Middle School because the word on the street about this guy was he's little. He thinks he's better than everybody because I literally came to Waldo about two months too late. I was living on the, uh, literally, I was living on the east side of Aurora, going to school on the west side of Aurora, and we got caught. <laughs> Don't act like you ain't ever got caught. <laughs> so the word on the street about me was, who does this kid think he is? Because I came up in there all thinking, I'm the stuff, you know, and 
I realized really quickly that I wasn't. And for the first time in my life, I was bullied. First time in my life, I was literally treated different because of my skin color. At that point, East, East, the East, whole east side of Aurora started shifting. We were no longer predominantly white on the east side at this point, okay? And I started feeling things and hearing things about myself that I'd never heard before. People were treating me with never been treated before. What was the word on the street about this guy? I literally, I came in, used to play alto saxophone. They sat me at the very end, the very end, because I, I, I got there late, put me at the very end. I played better than everybody, and they moved me up to first chair. Guess what the word on the street was then? Somebody punch him. And I remember hearing these things and feeling these things. And here's what I need you to know. Words have power. The power of life and death, Scripture says in Proverbs 18, 21, literally, life and death is in the power of your tongue. But here's what, here's what I do want to, to tell you. The only words that have power over you are the ones you believe. Let me say it again. I need somebody to hear me in your spirit here today because all sorts of things have been spoken about you. There's all sorts of words on the street concerning who you are and what you've done. They're going to speak all kinds of words about you, but the only words that have power over you are the words that you choose to agree with and believe. And I'm just wondering, is there anybody here in the house today that simply says, I will not believe anything except what my heavenly father says about me. Literally, this woman was choosing to believe that she could be healed solely on what she heard. I heard that Jesus, I don't even know what she heard about Jesus. She just heard Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. She heard about Jesus and she decided literally to push her way through a crowd to touch the hem of his garment. Her healing, she believed I could be healed based on a word. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need to know what people say about you isn't the problem. Your problem really is when what they say becomes what you believe. How many just want to tell Satan he's a liar? And anyone who still tries to bring up your past, that you're, you are acting just like Satan. And, it, and it's time for you to, to stop. I'm, I'm not going to give any more credence and credibility to what you say about me. I believe what God says. Do I have any believers here today that still believe his word, his unseen, un, sometimes unheard word, is still out there. And he's going to sustain his word and fulfill his word. My God. What a generation that will just believe anything. We could, we, go, ahead, go ahead right now and just throw a rumor out there on Facebook and see how much credibility it gets in a matter of time. You post a scripture and you get like two or three likes and no one, re, no one shares it. You post a rumor, come on somebody. The word on the street is that your adversary is a liar. He's a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he can devour. He's a liar. Someone say Satan's a liar. There you go. Just believe that. Come on, believe that. This woman here, she hears this word on the street that Jesus can heal her. Now, what was her fate? She'd been bleeding for 12 years. Her fate is I'm about to die. But her faith said, even if I die, I'm going to die trying to live. 
Do I have anybody in this place here today that no matter what fate has said about you, you've got enough faith to tell your fate. You may take me out, but you're not going to take me out before I die trying to complete the task, the assignment, the calling that God has placed upon my life. Do I have any men and women in this place here today who can agree with me that there's still a destiny for me, a purpose on my life, and I'm not going to give up until I've done everything I can to try Try living before I die. Let's put it like this. Pastor Bethel, you look like a good Jesus. <laughs> Can you stand over against that wall there, sir? Can you stand over? I want you to stand right against that wall over there. Okay. Now, the woman's issue is no longer what she believes at this point. Because she's heard about Jesus and she believes that Jesus can heal her. You know what her issue is now? Her issue is no longer the bleeding. Her issue is what's standing in between her and Jesus. How many of us have allowed the crowd, because the crowd will always do this, to get in the way of our miracle? The word on the street has gotten in the way of the word of God. You'll track with me just for a moment. You'll get track with me. Okay. Here's what it feels like, I bet, for this woman. According to Leviticus, because of her issue of bleeding, she was ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. That means whatever she touched became unclean as well. Okay, during a woman's menstrual cycle, the Bible tells us that she was to literally separate herself and isolate herself from her family. So she could not cook, she could not clean. Come on, mamas, we love this idea. Okay. <laughs> she didn't have to do much for her family, all right, because she couldn't, because whatever she touched became unclean. Instead, what she had to do was isolate and separate herself. Now, that's fine if it's just for a week. But when it's 12 long years of isolation and separation and segregation, and I can't touch anything or anyone that I love, and if people know I'm coming around, I have to let them know that I'm unclean so they can back away from me. And so if this crowd knew this woman and they saw her trying to make her way through, they would probably have freaked out and said, how dare you touch me? There's a rabbi walking here. You can't touch a rabbi. He's got priestly duties to perform form and if you touch him he becomes unclean for the rest of the day as well how dare you woman come anywhere near us at this point in time so she said within herself i can't just walk up to him but if i can touch the hem of his garments that means i'm gonna get low i'm literally gonna to put myself down excuse me pardon me now she's been doing this probably for years excuse me unclean unclean coming through coming through i've got issues I've got problems. I got things people know about me. And when they see me, they want to walk down their nose on me because they know my issues. Am I speaking to anybody here today? People know your issues. They know what you've done. They see what you still post on Facebook. That's how we know. This woman is literally finding herself, excuse me, part, and I bet she's just tired of it. I bet at some point she's just sick and tired 
of letting people know that I'm unclean. I've got a problem. I'm, I'm bleeding. I'm hemorrhaging. I'm, I'm, di- I'm tired of, t- of, of, of telling people that I've, I've got these issues and I need you to get out. I'm tired of the isolation. I'm tired of the separation. I'm tired of knowing that I'm not good enough. The word on the street about me is I've got these problems. What are people still saying about you that make you believe you've always got to hang your head in shame and pain and be doubled over and excuse me for what I've done. I know it was 10 years ago I know it happened to somebody else I know you just found out you heard a rumor about me I'm sorry I, I'm sorry for how I've acted I'm sorry for what happened I'm literally I'm literally living under the weight of someone else's idea of who I am and what I've done and, and, I, and I feel this heaviness and this pain all and excuse me I'm sorry for what happened I'm sorry you heard that about me I'm sorry you know that about me I, I'm so, I'm sorry for what I did and I can't do anything about it now and so instead of listening to the crowd I'm not going to let them get in the way of my opportunity to get to Christ so even if I make you unclean I've got somewhere I've got to get to truth is as she's pressing her way to Jesus I don't know who she touched I don't know who she bumped I don't know who she upset I don't even know if anyone noticed her The crowd was pressing on Jesus. So to the point that when he was touched, no one knew who did it. There's so many people around you, Jesus. It could have been anybody that touched you at this point. But this woman had made up in her mind. She was not going to let the crowd stop her from getting to Christ. Can I just find a witness here today? Simply says, I will not let the word on the street... I will not let the opinions of others, I will not let what they think about me or even what they know about me keep me from getting to Christ. Can I get a witness in this place here today? Y'all can't help me anyway. Only he can. And so I got to keep pressing and I got to keep going and I don't have the healing yet. And again, if I... If I touch him, he's, the, he, he's, a, he's a rabbi. I could make him unclean. But here's what's so awesome about Jesus. He's no ordinary rabbi. Every other rabbi, had she touched them, that rabbi would have had to gone and perform blood sacrifices and literally purified himself to make himself clean again. But there's something different about the spotless lamb of God that he can be touched by the unclean and still keep doing the work of the ministry that was on his. This is why Jesus is better than any religion. And Jesus is better than any God. And Jesus is better than anything else you go after. Because no matter how you touch him, where you are, you've got to know he is spotless and blameless. And he is the high priest who understands our weaknesses shares in our infirmities and if we are willing according to Hebrews chapter 4 to let him be who he is my high priest that I can come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy and there find grace in my time of need and she pushes and presses and makes her way all the way through all the way through She was not going to let the word on the street about her keep her from the word on the street. He was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible tells us, go ahead and walk, Pastor Beto, that somehow, some way, as she 
got herself to that crowd that she told herself, I'm not going to touch him. If I but touch the, the hem of his garment. Okay. Let me give you a quick little backdrop so you understand. Can, I, can you give me that picture of the priest? The priest himself. Do we have the other one as well? Let me get the other one first. The priests or every Jewish man would wear what is called a, a prayer shawl or talent. That's what it's called. And when he began to pray, he would put the talent over his head to symbolize that he was now covered by God as he prayed. And at the base of this talent, according to the scriptures, I believe it's Exodus actually that tells us that the base of the talent, or Numbers, Numbers tells us, the base of the talent, Numbers 15, there we go. Numbers 15 tells us that the base was called the zitzit, or the tassels. And here's what the tassels were. They were colored blue, and these tassels, you have these tassels to look at so that you will remember all the commands of the Lord. 613 commands. There were 613 knots on these tassels to remind them of 613 commands from God. That you may observe them and not prostitute yourself by chasing after the lust of your own heart and eyes. I don't know why I like this verse so much, but I just wish that we could find something that would keep us from prostituting our hearts and our eyes. As a reminder constantly that I've been separated unto God. Baptism is enough for some of you. Come on, somebody. I dunked you, but your heart didn't change. I got your body wet, but nothing about your heart and mind was altered or different. They had a constant reminder on their prayer shawl, 613 knots, to remind them to always obey all the commands of the Lord. And so she is reaching for something that literally was a part of Jesus' prayer shawl, his covering from God, if you will, part of his, his reminder to keep the entire book of the law. He had to fulfill it all. Here's the other thing about a, about a talent, the prayer shawl. It actually represents your authority. You remember when King David found Saul in the cave? What did King David cut? He didn't, when he was still a, a, a rebel on the run, he didn't cut Saul's ear. He didn't cut Saul's face. He cut the hem of Saul's garment. And here's why it troubled David so much. Literally, the Bible tells us he was so troubled by what he did. Why? Because he knew what he was doing. He was cutting the authority of his king. So this woman, I believe, had an understanding. If I can but touch his covering from God, his authority from God, and his commands, if I can but touch that, whoo, what could happen to me? I'm looking for somebody here today that you just simply say, if I can just touch his authority, if I can just, just touch his commands, if I can just touch his covering, I know I will have exactly what I need because all of that represents all that he is. I don't need a lot, Lord. I just need a simple little touch, and I have enough faith to believe. If I can touch your authority, I can have my healing. If I can touch your covering, everything's going to be made right. If I can but touch the commands and the promises of God, I know my issue will be made right. She touches the hem of his garment and immediately the Bible says she's healed. Immediately. 
the bleeding stops. And she knows it. And what does Jesus do? Jesus turns around. And he's like, who touched me? Jesus, everybody's touching you. No, this isn't some fangirl touch. This is a touch of faith. Someone has some real faith to touch me right now. I'm just looking for a handful of people here in Aurora, Illinois, who are tired of just being fans of Jesus and fans of Impact Church. And I'm, I support them on Facebook, and, and I donate once in a while to the cause. I don't need any fans. I need some people of faith who want to reach out and grab hold of all the promises of God. Jesus, it's not, a, it's, it's not the touch of a fan. This is a touch of faith. Because I can feel something leave my body. Who touched me? Who was? Where did it come from? Here's, here's what it really is. When Jesus says, who touched me, you know what he's actually saying? He's actually showing us as an indictment against the rest of the crowd. Who touched me? He indicts everyone else because no one else had a touch of faith. My God. You know what I'm shaking by? Most Christians know how to get close to his presence. I know how to worship. Or at least look like I am. I know how to give. I know how to serve. I know how to love. I know how to get close to his presence. But how many people actually touch him in faith? What you need from God doesn't come with the goosebumps you feel during a slow song. It's you reaching out in faith. I wonder how many people could have got a miracle that day if they weren't there just as fans. They weren't there just to support and see and, and take in with their own eyes. But they actually were there to believe. Anybody need a miracle today? Anybody need a breakthrough today? Anybody believing for someone else here today? Anybody still on your knees warring with me for the sake of this city? Anybody believe in God that miraculous power wasn't for 2,000 years ago, it's still for today? I know it's not everybody. I know it. But I got anybody who believes it's still for today. Just with a, just a raise of hands just for a moment. Can I get you just to stop hanging around his presence and start reaching out in faith and start believing for the impossible even today? If I can just touch the, the hem of his authority, the hem of his covering, the hem of his commandment, I know I will be made whole. indictment against everyone else said oh everybody's touching you jesus but no one's getting anything from you jesus until the touch of faith and i love what jesus says to her he says daughter <laughs> oh when was the last time this woman heard her called anything else other than her issue oh here she comes again the one who's bleeding all the time the word on the street about her was all she probably ever heard. And I love this about Jesus. We come to him for healing for our issues. He comes to us for healing in our identity. I need somebody to bring your issues to Jesus today. Because the real issue isn't that you're bleeding for 12 years. The real issue is that no one's called you who you are in 12 long years. This is not a healing of your issue. This is a healing of who you are. Someone holler identity. 
I said holler identity. The word on the street is always trying to tell you who you are. But I believe that when we come to Jesus and we're believing you can heal my issue, he says, I got a bigger healing for you. I've got a more eternal healing for you. You've got a new name that is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm not just going to heal the problem. I'm not just going to heal the pain. I'm not just going to heal the hurt. I'm going to speak to the very thing that made you believe you deserve this in the first place. I'm going to heal your identity. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith. Galatians 3 says this. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Someone say, I'm a child of God. I don't know what you've heard about yourself this week, but I need you to change the word on the street. Say it again. I'm a child of God. Come on, the kingdom of hell, all of every demonic activity that has come against your life is making you believe everything else about yourself. They've told you who you are all week long, and some of you have believed them. Let's say it loud and proud. Satan, I am a child of God. There you go. There you go. See, something's got to stir up your spirit enough to say, yep, I know, I know what he's saying about me. I know what the rumors are. I, I believe them for so long. But you know what? I am a son of God through my faith in Jesus Christ. So here it is, devil, one more time. I am a child of God. That's who I am. And the world will always label us. So God wants to make sure he grabs those labels and redefines who we really are. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I've been sick for 10 days, but I am a child of God. My nose has been running this entire service, but I am a child of God. My voice is starting to go and some of you only get loud when I get loud, but I am a child of God. I've got more faith for some of you than you've had for yourself in years because I am a child of God. I believe I'm still going to win this city for Jesus Christ because I am a child of God. I believe I'm going to take down the walls of racism and violence and hatred and poverty and ignorance in this city because I am a child of God. I believe I'm going to be around wealthy Christians who have their own businesses and are leading the way and are becoming the alderman and the mayor one day and helping me bring this city to a place of righteousness. Not because of the issues we're living through right now, but because our identity says... I am a child of God. I need somebody just for a moment in your spirit to declare it. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I still got some issues, but Jesus is healing my identity. I am a child of God. I still got the shame, but I know I'm a son. I'm still struggling with sin, but I carry sonship. I know who I am. He's healing my identity. I am a child of God. Stand your feet with me all over this room. Here's what I know. 
there are two types of people in this room that I can sense here today I was told to pray for. First thing I'm going to pray for, I'm going to pray for the people who are bleeding out. You're bleeding out hope. You're bleeding out joy. You're bleeding out faith. You're just just bleeding out. It's been a long time since you've actually seen a miracle or felt one for yourself. I was with a pastor not too long ago, and he told me the last time he actually felt the presence of God was in 2009. Oh, you know why? I figured it out. Because he was too bound up by the issues that hurt him. He forgot his identity. If you don't know who your daddy is, you don't go running to him. His identity is what needs to be healed. If you're bleeding out today, and you need your identity healed, just lift your hands to heaven and say, yep, that's me. I'm bleeding out, Pastor. It's okay. No, there's no shame in this. Lift your hands up high. You've been hurting a long time. People know you by, the word on the street is always about your issue. That's all right. If you see somebody with their hands raised, if you'd be willing just to put a hand on their shoulder right now, just reach over to them. Reach over to them. Reach over to them. I see them all over this room. Come on, let's make sure that we do this. I'm bleeding out, Pastor. Hurting. I'm hurting. But you know what I've decided here today, Pastor? I've decided I'm not going to just lay here and bleed to death. I'm not going to let my faith bleed out anymore. I'm not going to let my joy bleed out. I'm not going to let my calling bleed out anymore. Heavenly Father, for every man and woman who has their hands raised right now, I'm not just speaking to your issue, child of God. I'm speaking to the identity that made you believe something else about yourself. Here today, be healed. Be healed. And today, begin to believe what Jesus calls you. Son, daughter, you have identity. Therefore, you have a position. You have a place. You have a family. I speak against those things that have made you feel you are so segregated and isolated and separated from the rest of us. Today, let your identity be healed. Stop bleeding out and begin to believe who you are today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Jesus' name. Everyone all over this room, holler, I'm a child of God. Come on, you're being passive about this thing. Holler it loud. I'm a child of God. If I, if I were to pit, if I were to pit Cubs fans against Sox fans, I know you get loud about who you belong to. Come on, somebody. You would be loud and proud about it. I need you to let the kingdom of darkness know I'm a child of God. One more, people, one more group of people that I want to pray for today. You're not bleeding out. You're the kind of people that are going out. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Then he tells her this. Go. Go. She was pushing her way through the crowd to get to him. 
once she gets what she needs, now he gets pushy. And he says, I will never understand a generation of Christians that only want to come and sit and take and miss the fact the whole reason you got your healing was so that you could. Go! Some of you already sense it because you know I'm, I'm praying for you right now. You're not bleeding out. You're going out. I believe it was 113 times I've heard that Jesus said, dang, so pushy, Jesus. Go. Go. Here's what's going to happen. Where's my Bible at? Here's what's going to happen. Next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday, a group of us are going to go back into that neighborhood across the street where we went last month. We're going to go and we're going to do what we did again. We're going to invite people to church. We're going to pray with people. And some of those people are going to invite us into their home like they did last time. And we're going to minister to them. And some of those people are going to come the next day and get baptized like happened last month. Here's why. Because I'm not just trying to come to church and get what I can for myself. I understand. I'm a disciple. I've got to go into all the world and preach this gospel. Who am I talking to right now? The call, the mandate, the assignment on your life is to go. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact. Thank you.